What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? You are in the land down under. I don't know how that song goes, but I do know there's a song that's like that. Yes, yes. You're in your hotel, you're there, and um, you only have, like, just another week to go. Um, no. <laughs> I, have ten, I have ten days to go. Uh, it's the same as a week. Well, what is, what is a week if not just 10 days? <laughs> <laughs> well, that is something that we all should know at this point, because what is time, really? Oh, just, truly, truly, well, what is know, time? Well, well, what is two weeks of COVID stretched out into a year, quite frankly? Tea, tea honey, tea, honey, tea. I mean, um, what is time? I do know that time right now is going to be decided on this dog because as soon as this dog has decided that she wants to go out i'm gonna have to go and take her on one of her walks jeremy is absolutely in bed it's it's like almost 10 (laughs) um i am so tired i cannot even begin with how tired i i am i feel i've said it before on this podcast i know i have when i had lime um but teaching full time and having a new child is really um it's a lot. Where's my self care? What about me? What about you? Um, oh, so totally, give us, totally. Give us I've got to uh, paint some nails. Update on Nomi. Nomi is on now Nomi? one week in your care. Nomi has been in our care for one week. She is coming up to my calves and uh. She'll give them a sniff. Sometimes she'll, um, I'll like drape my hand off of uh, the bed or off of the sofa and she'll come up and she'll like give me a little kiss. Uh, She'll give me some looks and then she will definitely have like a full trauma experience as we try to go through the doors. Her experience of going through the doors downstairs has gotten worse. Um, Why? I don't know. Maybe she's just like, this apartment is so chic. <laughs> oh, she doesn't Why? want to go outside. Why would I want to go outside into the dirty, like, stepping over, like, pools that are just filled with, like, used condoms and COVID masks? And um, I get it. This apartment is immaculate, and there's, like, a nice pink rug and a big mirror for her to look at herself in. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but she's she's very sweet. She, it's still no touch like I'm not I'm definitely not going to try to touch her that is I'm gonna like keep letting her choose that timeline um doing well with the treats she's eating her food she loves her goat's milk the goat's milk is so good I mean I want to drink it but it's raw (laughs) and so I feel I shouldn't but I looked at the ingredients because I heat it up for her a little bit I heat it up so it's a little warm and it's got it has turmeric and ginger in it. Oh wow! Like in the just right in the bottle. It's raw goat's milk. I'm gonna read the read what's in it. I mean, I was like this as I heated it up. I was like, oh, it's so fragrant. I was just like, what's this orange shit in the bottom that I have to really shake? I was like, wow. goat's milk shouldn't have orange shit in it. She's on some kind of like Ayurvedic herbal diet. It's incredible. Uh, well, of course. I mean, she's living with me. Listen to what's in this, honey. Raw goat's milk, and then she has. There's um, acidophilus in it. Mm-hmm. So different forms of acidophilus are in this. Um, organic turmeric, organic ginger, organic cinnamon. And she loves it. It's certified humane. I heat it up for her. She loves it. She has that. She what also you, has a little bit of her raw food What do you think the spices diet. are for? Are they for health or for taste? I probably taste and it probably soothes her tummy. You know, because um, she's having very nice solids. I was always one of those people who I'd see, you know, or, or whether I babysat my friend's dog or I saw someone outside picking up dog shit. And I'd think, think, ugh, gross. I'll never be able to do that. When it's your own, you're absolutely able to change the diaper, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a real that. Our hair looks exactly the same. We both have white and black hair that is completely colicky and just wispy, 
what have you. Um, she's she's doing more eye contact with me where she'll really look to see where I am or Jeremy does the morning walk, I do the night walk. So when I drag my corpse out of the bedroom in the morning towards the coffee, she um, she perks up and comes and sniffs around me and her tail is up now. Her tail is up and wagging. So you can let your really mom know that. to see her tail up. I love the tail up. Yeah, yeah. Her tail is up and wagging outside it varies if like she has a real sense that it's just us girls the tail will be up if anybody else is around not so much um Mm, mm, mm. there was a very ill-behaved dog outside today uh that really barked and snarled at her and i thought it's not the dog's fault it's the owner's because i looked at the owner and i thought a man like you would have a dog (laughs) that would feel like angry and afraid a boy like that will kill your brother like that. I, I guess. I guess so. I have no idea what that's from. Uh, I'm just kidding. From- <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, imagine? What's that from? Mommy dearest? Um, anyhow, uh, so that's the, those are the updates, you know? It's, I think the thing that I hadn't anticipated and, and there's no way you can and this is sort of note for listeners if you're thinking of getting a pet or having a child um, is there is a level of exhaustion that I hadn't quite anticipated. And I think it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big responsibility. It's a big responsibility as they say. And, um, uh, you know, she's a, a survivor dog too. So of course I have a lot of, I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't want you to ever have to go through anything ever again. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I also know that, that that means that we need to, like, go for go for some runs. I made this horrible mistake. I got these really fierce, waterproof Melissa boots. And I took her on a big walk. And now I feel like I have plantar fasciitis on my left foot. It's oh, just, from the boots. Yeah, it just hurts all the time and it goes all the way up into my hamstring. Um, but I know what to do for that. I roll it on the pinky ball and um, I will take an Epsom bath tonight and some Formula 303 uh, and and hopefully calm down. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I had hoped that we could talk tomorrow morning when I was, because I have to move the car tomorrow, which means actually I'll just sit in the car for 90 minutes um, you know, but it would literally be the middle of the night for me. Well, it'd be 1230 your time. Oh, really? What time do you get up? It was going to be 830 a.m. my time. No, no. That's, that's, wait, 830 a.m. your time? Uh-huh. Let it me... would be 1230 a.m. your time the, the next day. I won't make it that late. I've been going to bed at like 930. It's fine. I've been, I'm going to go to bed soon. As soon as I take this dog for a walk, I am also going to go to bed because I'm whipped. Um, How's your hotel room? Well, I mean, I know this already. So do you want to say anything to our listeners about your hotel life or no? Uh, well, you know, I'm trying to keep, keep myself on some kind of a schedule. I'm trying to... Um, do a little exercise every day, trying to do some schoolwork every day, take care of emails. But luckily I've also had some zoom meetings that I, that I go to, uh, you know, it's always thrilling when they knock on the door and they, they, they drop food outside the door. So that's something to look forward to a couple of times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I do probably, I've been writing a lot on post-it notes and sticking them to the walls. I've been doing pipe cleaner art. Um, I bought a package of 24 Sharpies in all different colors. Those came yesterday. That was exciting. Um, what are you planning on doing with those Sharpies? Just smelling each of them for well, for 24 hours? So far. Yeah, I'm going to try to uh-huh. I'm gonna get real high off my markers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So far, I've... Um, I, I made a color chart with all of them, so I know what they all look like on white paper. Um, oh. <laughs> but I, you know, I have plans for these markers. I don't know what they are yet. It'll come to be. Something will come to be. 
Um, I don't have a bathtub, so I can't do any kind of luxurious. That part is really hard. When Jeremy told me he didn't have a bathtub, I was like, oh, no. But, you know, I'm not a big bather. That would be hard for you, but it's not hard for me. I'm a bath queen. I'm watching The Crown because I saved it. Have you not seen it? Oh, you saved saved it. I saved it for this. Well. Yeah. So Wait, that's good. The entire they, they, series, or have you seen no, no, the earlier? No, no, just this latest one. But I just saw the them Princess go Diana season. To, yeah, I just got past the episode where they went to Australia, and in the middle of the episode, I was mm-hmm. like, "I'm in Australia." Yeah, totally. <laughs> Give me my don't take my baby away from me in the rain. Yeah, except I'm like I don't feel like I'm in Australia yet because I'm just in a room. But I I do sometimes look out the window. And I mm-hmm. think that's that's Australia. You should op- lean out your window once a day and go, Kate Blanchett, <laughs> and just see, <laughs> you know, because eventually, like, you might see this gorgeous goddess with, like, blonde hair and sunglasses at the bottom looking up and she'll go, hello. <laughs> and, um, you know, so. I mean, it, the you just do it once about- a day. Where my room is situated, I look over an alleyway, so I don't actually ever see people. But I, I well, did try. Yesterday. I think she might feel okay going into an alley. I mean, she is a celebrity, so she might True. feel like, She's oh, I can go to an alley her. and wave, wave. I up. did uh-huh. see people on the roof of the adjacent building yesterday. There were construction people, and it was like, wow, hot people. What were they wearing? You know, like those those a thong? vests, those vests that <laughs> a tie vest? at the side. They they were wearing vests and thongs. <laughs> Just vests and thongs. Hot. Mm, um, some Timberland but boots. Anyways, I maybe anyways. I anyways. Anyways, <laughs> you know, since you, oh, we have one question. I think we should do the one question. Okay, great. Let's do the one question, then see how much steam I have left. Let's get the question out before this dog comes out of her hidey hole. I've okay. left the door open in case she feels she has to pee. <clears throat> okay, here we go. It mm-hmm. was to our Instagram, which is nice. That's a great way to ask questions. Feel free to DM us on the Instagram. <clears throat> um, this is a question from <sighs> Daniel. Okay. Okay. Hi, Jack and Reed. Hey. <clears throat> How would you suggest getting better at picking up contemporary choreography on the spot? I started professional ballet training at 17, so it's been my primary focus to catch up there. I've now gotten to work with modern choreographers and participate in modern dance workshops. Mm-hmm. High stress experiences like that have helped me a lot to feel more comfortable learning unfamiliar movement, but I'm very mm-hmm. interested to hear what you think. Thank you so much for continuing your excellent podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. <clears throat> How to well, pick up contemporary choreography. Yeah. I mean, Jack, I'm very curious to hear what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I love watching you learn choreography, actually. Um, thank you, because I, because I make it better. Well, it's an interpretation. Uh-huh, the, and a better interpretation. Um, <laughs> I mean, what I would say is, I mean, I think of Terry O'Connor's method of, of setting work on, the, on dancers. I mean, mainly when I was, like, was hearing more about it, which is when Matthew and I were together and he was in the company, which was a system of catch. So, I mean, Terry would demonstrate and they would try to catch what they saw and then bring that back and, and let it grow from there. I think that a lot of contemporary choreographers are perhaps interested in what the collaboration with the dancers will be. It's, I mean, it's funny. I'm setting, as I'm setting the solo on Jack right now for Juilliard, I'm really like, no, it, it's literally this. <laughs> like, I'm like, th- these are the moves. This is exactly how it is. Do it yeah. more like this. Yeah. Um, if I would, had to was picking up someone else's choreography, I would definitely try to relax uh, because when my, when I get like h- hypervigilant on, I've got to get the thing. That's when I think I would probably go into freeze. And so if you can relax as much as possible and trust your instincts and all of your training, and especially if there's counts, uh, hopefully you can just pair it. I, the way James Whiteside can, can pick up literally any choreography 
is incredible to me. She is a real like, okay, it's in, I got it. It's on these counts. I'm ready to go. Hmm. Any kind. I mean, it's learning choreography is a journey that I certainly went on myself because I too started dancing late like you, Daniel. And, um, you know, it took me a really long time and I, I felt for many, many years like, oh, wow, I really am. This is going to be a great detriment to my career that like I can't learn choreography. And, you know, you see people who learn very quickly <clears throat> using that to their advantage because really choreographers do rely on people who who can parrot things back very quickly it's very useful for them to have someone in the room who can pick up as they make because otherwise something gets mm -hmm. lost mm -hmm. and I just was not that dancer but um you've what been I, that dancer for me Reed it, well by the time I got to you actually I was in a place where I was very good at <laughs> learning steps and I, I I I've always been very um I've I've always been very curious at doing exactly what the choreographer shows. I've been never, I've never been very curious about like interpreting what, like through my own style. That's never mm, been that mm -hmm. interesting to me. It's um, true. It's true. You are, you are, you are a very, um, that is something I really admire about you. Well, it's been really, I think, useful with your work because I think oftentimes when people come to your phrases, they're like, do you, are, are you serious? Like, do you, is that what you really, is that? <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> are you serious? Is that what you mean? Yeah. But like, because yeah. if you yeah. actually just do what you mean, then you're, you're, you are, showing a dance that is actually unusual because it's coming from a body that's not just doing the moves that everybody knows, you know? Right. Right. So I, I went away one summer to this, like, um, this summer I met Garen. I went to the Alonzo King workshop at, at, at lines for professional dancers. It's like a one week workshop for, 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 professional dancers wow. a one day no night stay a one day no night beach. stay and <laughs> at um, the pebble beach golf and resort uh-huh i learned a, a lot in that week about how to pick up very quickly because it was sort of the focus of the workshop was just like alonzo would sort of like he would throw out phrase after phrase after phrase after phrase. And mm -hmm. what it forced you to do was kind of like throw your eyes out of focus and broaden your vision. So you could just yes. take it in like yeah. all at once as a full body. Like you wouldn't be focusing on like the arms and the legs and the head. You just had to kind of like understand the physical trajectory of the phrase itself. And then yes. once you started to understand a dance phrase as something sort of whole as the object in and of itself, rather than breaking it down yes. into a million pieces, it becomes yes. suddenly far easier to, to intuit into your body because when you like approach the first phase of learning by looking at all the little parts, it becomes totally overwhelming. It literally is just a bunch of puzzle pieces scattered all everywhere. And right. you have so to you, just kind of. You have yeah. to look at the cover. You have to look at the cover. I look at the, the box. back of the box. You <laughs> totally. have to I was understand where you're going before you yeah. can start going there. Yeah. So that is ultimately my best advice. And also like, don't worry as you keep going and, and you, you're in an environment where you're forced to learn more, you'll get more comfortable and you'll learn mm -hmm. more quickly. And if mm -hmm. you happen to be, just be a dancer, who's going to be a little slower, make sure that you're, this is something I did. You'd spend time on your own in the evenings, really like getting whatever happened that day into your body. So the following day, you're caught up to everybody and probably a little ahead of them because you've thought about it. And that's also a, another thing that can be useful to choreographers. And I'm going to say something here, controversial yet brave. If okay. you're having a hard time picking up choreography, maybe your body just doesn't like it. <laughs> and it's just well, not for you. That's also true. And sometimes that can be very good information for the choreographer. Cause maybe if they're casting a piece, they're looking to those people whose bodies really respond to their, their, 
yeah. vocabulary. So, or maybe they're making if, bad dance. Absolutely. And if your body knows when it's bad, just let it not learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because I rem- I can remember a couple times when I've had choreography put on me. Few and far between. But I, I did do, you know, I, I mean, I grew up having to learn dance for sure because of musical theater and show choir. And, well, you also and you then, learned that James Whiteside music video very fast. Oh, absolutely. But like, that's because that movement was fun and amazing. And that is true. I learned, I learned like a three minute some solo in one rehearsal. And right. But this um, is what's so astonishing about Jack for our listeners is that like, there's a certain kind of like dyslexia that is, (laughs) um, it's incredible. Like if you show Jack, like something Oh my God. Like really that you imagine is rudimentary. Like he can turn it, he can turn it completely inside out before your eyes without, (laughs) without knowing he's doing it. Uh huh. It reminds me of, you know, the last time I said something at Juilliard and I was like, I want to make these cause these are how I see them. And they were just backward torchetes and they were like, what? And I'm like, it's just going to be like a hitch kick. (laughs) And then you have to like flip yourself around and um, it is true. I also remember that day. I think you were in the room. It was like you and me and David Hallberg. Say hi. Um, in <laughs> say, a, hi. <laughs> say hi. Say <laughs> hi when you get out in 10 days. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, Reed just disconnected. It really wasn't me, ladies and gentlemen. Another. I know it wasn't me. I'm going to keep recording. Um, and we'll see how this goes. Oh, so sorry. I'm so sorry. And jack, we're jack, back. Jack. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. Did you hit your button? <laughs> I tapped my ear. Yeah, it's all right. I, I, but I was um, thinking about David. And so go on about David. Well, and, and I just kept recording, and I hope you did too, because you know this Absolutely. isn't edited anymore. It has to just we go forward. Um, so uh, I think it was when we were in that, we were in like a room at ABT, and David like called out something for me to do, and I did it, and you and David both laughed so hard because... I had turned it inside out. Inside out. Uh, you know, inside out and reverse it. Um, yeah. Oh, I just wanted to do a kind of amendment to last week's episode, which I listened to on the way oh. here. And I thought, I did this whole part where I like said, you know, all these male dancers who come from New York City Ballet and ABT have like really done a disservice to the ballet world through their leadership. But I, David is not included in that. I just want to, oh. I just want to let you know, David is actually like a person who's taken it upon himself to educate himself about what there is in the world beyond ballet and also has been tasked with major leadership jobs like ABT incubator, which he invented. And so David is absolutely qualified and ready to lead a company. Yeah. Well, I couldn't imagine anyone. I mean, that'd be incredible if someone was listening to it, thinking that you were including David in it as you were like boarding a well, plane to go you know, set a I piece got with I David. got nervous because then I thought, God, what if David's listening to this? I don't want him to think he's, you know, I, I don't think that of you. David, no, David. David's not listening to this. Wait, how, and, does, um, how, how does Moira Rose say David? David. 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 Alexis. Um, Alexis. It's really, uh, well, yeah. And also off of that though, I mean, if anyone's, done their research on David this isn't her first time in a leadership role so it's like uh, just off of what you said she's created uh things and has uh been in leadership positions before it's uh, what you were talking about was really just a like uh, a one-two step where one has yeah just been a dancer and then all of a sudden is just in this other place right. um, and that doesn't happen as much anymore I think people are are taking no. more more care, more care. I think so. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, meow, 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 meow is so good. Meow is really good. I have a big shout out for. Um, what have I the what I've watched recently that made me laugh so hard I cried? Um, was Trixie Mattel and I'm so late to this game, was the back-to-back baking uh, with Carla Lolly Music. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
on that one with Trixie Mattel and her really, really killed me, as did Trixie doing the um, Girl Scout cookie oven. Oh, really oh, good. It was really nice that you guys watched TV with me for a while yesterday. That was very helpful. We did. We really did. Um, Pam, Pam calls me on the landline every day and we have a talk, which is nice, even though she's, oh, she's, up, she's upstairs. <laughs> she calls you on the landline. Yeah, it's amazing. That is you can, so you can do, amazing. You can do room-to-room dialing. Well, I'm also so shook by, and I don't know if we're going to say, it's like, who else is in this hotel who we know? Like, is I just... that crazy? I can't believe it. I'm, I'm literally like... What are oh. the chances in this lifetime that something that crazy I, would happen? I guess also, pretty good. Also on the same floor, right next door to Pam, upstairs. <gasps> no way. Mm-hmm. That is so funny. Do they know each other? No. Not yet. Um, I, I just can't believe it. I should, I'll actually text him and be like, that's really wild. Um, uh, wow. And they're next door to each other. Correct. Incredible. Or, or across the hall, one or the other. Wow. So amazing. It's, I can't, this is really why, you know, we had to get Nomi. You are in my absolute favorite city. Um, no, you're not. You're in Sydney. Not, I've never been there. Yet. But I do look forward yeah, to going neither, to Sydney neither have someday. I. <laughs> <laughs> I really do look forward to going to Sydney someday. I hear it's like the, like the better version of LA, oh. um, which well, isn't I'm- saying much. <laughs> From what I gather, such a read on LA. I love you, LA. You're great. I love you sometimes. I love it. It's just like New York. What I've gathered from my my nighttime bus ride towards the hotel was that it was kind Uh of like San Francisco. Oh, fierce San Francisco. You know, I could be wrong. I just don't know yet. I just don't know. I just don't know. Kate Blanchett can show you around, honey. Ugh, can you imagine? You might meet Kate Blanchett before. Me. And Are that's you? crazy. She she drops off my meals. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> knock, knock. She drops them off as like a different uh, titular role. Um, titular role. What an incredible phrase. In a titular role Tit- on, this, on this titular network. Um, um, if you, I have a thought. If you feel like okay. it's time to walk your dog and. Mm-hmm. I, I can do um I can do a little supplement with um talking about all the movies I watched on the plane. I think that would be amazing. I think you should absolutely do a supplement of the movies you've watched on the plane. I mean, I was thinking that you could do like a quarantine diary, but I I don't know if that's really I already interesting. Did it. What do you mean? Like I I walked in circles. I looked at the fruit. I you know like yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll think I about it. I do really love the, um, what did the fruit come in? A wooden box with raffia. I really loved seeing that you dumped the raffia into the bottom of a closet and that you were crafting with it and potentially crafting with it for the pipe cleaners that you took to Australia. When Leisha and other, when Reed was packing and we were on a FaceTime, uh, as Reed was trying to figure out what to pack and what not, uh, Reed held up these pipe cleaners and was like, well, I'm taking these. And I just thought, what? And it really was so iconically you. Yeah. Whereas, you know, me would be like, oh, and I need to take this duffel bag of pills. No, no, no. I brought a I brought a bag of 350 pipe cleaners. Very important. And I would have brought a bag of 350 different bottles of pills. Right. And don't forget yeah. needle nose pliers. You must bring wire cutters and needle nose pliers. If you're you brought wire cutters and needle nose pliers? Yeah, they probably think I'm making bombs in here or something. Were you impressed by my craft project of putting that frame together? Oh, very much With a gold so. chain? Just watching I, you do it through the face time, I thought, well, that's something I've never seen. You've never seen me take out like that green thing to cut on. Um, no, it's very, it's not, it's wrong. It doesn't make sense. What is that green thing one cuts on? That's, it's, it's like a, a cutting, cutting board, cutting but it's mat, a self healing cutting mat. It's a, oh, is it really called a self healing cutting mat? Yes. <laughs> Cause I did think as I ran the razor across it, aren't I going to just gouge into this thing? 
Yeah, they're very impressive. I mean, they do get wear and tear. You know, they like get, mm-hmm. they almost get cloudy from all the cuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian Galderisi had really done this, uh, a, a photo that I, I had to own. And then, so I, I bought it and um, I really need to frame it. And then I was in the basement of this apartment building and I saw a frame and I thought, that's the frame I've wanted. And um, it meant that I needed to completely take it apart and redo it with um, uh, with with the with what I had, and I also decided that I wanted to have gold chain on the back of it, which meant I had to drill gold chain into it to hang it from. Did you even realize that that gold chain was mirroring what was going on in the photo? Hmm. It it's, is. It still hasn't occurred to you. <laughs> The gold chain is? Yeah, the shape that it makes at the top of the mirror mimics the shape of the oh, image yes. itself. Yes, I did I did think of that. <laughs> but, not, <laughs> but not the same. Like, I literally had been looking for, like, angel frames because I thought I should frame this angel-framed mirror. Right, the photo a, a of photo an angel-framed photo of an angel-framed mirror and an angel frame. <laughs> And I thought that would really make me laugh. But instead, I did indeed do more of an abstract formalist approach of um, hanging it by gold chain. Oh, my God. Nomi just gave me this look. She breaks my heart. Was she like, shut up. It's nighttime. No, she gave me she gave me this look. That's like, you're my mama. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know how you feel about it. You don't like obsequious <laughs> dogs or people who overattach to their animals. Um, but how could you expect me to do anything else? Look, I know that if mm. I got a dog, I would be overly attached as well. Yeah, you would. And you know what's interesting? I've always felt like New York is um, disgusting and that its inhabitants really need to like just try any attempt Adam, I, I remember once us going down into the subway and I think I had a toothpick and I just like flung it and you were like, Jack. And I was like, but it's where we live, you know? <laughs> and, um, uh, because I just, I had already reached my saturation limit with trying to like have the outside be nice at all. When you have a dog and you're looking at the ground all the time because you don't want your dog to get giardia by like eating shit or step on broken glass you realize how much shit and broken glass is everywhere, mm-hmm. all over the ground. And um, and as I also said, you know, used condoms and used COVID masks and pools C- of water. Condoms. <laughs> Did I say condoms? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. I said something else today that Jeremy, like, repeated back to me because I had said it in such a, like, psychotic, like, actress way that he was like... <laughs> What? I really, really just, um, you know, but I'm not going to have Nomi growing up some spoiled Hollywood brat just because she's Fervor's daughter. No, no, no. She's going to have to learn how to compete and win. (laughs) (laughs) Mommy Dearest is medicine. It's really. Bobby left me a sequence of voice memos where he was really laughing about your mommy dearest shtick from last week where you were saying you wanted to hold her up for the photo op. And he he was, <laughs> apparently Bobby is a huge mommy dearest fan because he knew it sort of frame for frame. Uh, look, if you can't quote that movie backwards, you're not gay and you're not <laughs> queer. Like it's just, it's, you're just not in it. You're just not with it. Like it's, you have to know mommy dearest. You have to know showgirls. You have to know black swan. That is like the kind of like holy trinity of, camp and out of them though however only one of them is an incredibly good movie and that is showgirls mommy dearest actually is not a good movie black swan is not a good movie but they are both excellent camp films and from out of all of them mommy dearest is the most uh the most the most most quotable for sure the most notable and just the most camp because its failure is so horrific it's it's the failure that makes it such a pearl grab gasp of how uh how far the fall is like it's just it's awful like it's um 
it's uh it's 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 awful what they did with this woman's story about her abuse and that in and of itself opens all these sort of doors that I'm just t- too tired to talk about because they already taught gender theater today. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I've already, I've already had to like go like quote through like camp and neo camp and you know Butler at all. Um, mm, do I have anything else to say? I don't think so. Do you? No. Mm-mm. But I did watch seven seven movies on my plane ride to Australia, so that'll be a I'll do a I'll do a um, a recap of that, which will be nice. You'll do you'll do a recap of that, and that'll come in at the end. You know, last night as I was falling asleep, I was thinking about how you said you wanted to make an adjustment on the oil slick bodysuit you had made for me. Yeah, and I felt really touched by that. Okay, like there was something <laughs> that I felt really. I know you don't do feelings, but I really well. And what's great is I do it for both of us. So that way you can do practicality for both of us and I will do feelings for both of us. Well, you but know, that it was, was a, it was a selfish desire on my part because I don't, I don't want my work out in the world not looking its best. Oh, okay. But I also, I was like, oh, I really like, I liked that you care, you know, like. Oh, I do. I care. You care a lot in a movie. Like with you, I would want, I'd love that movie. I did not, as we talked about, we did, I did not like that movie, but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, and then I was and then I was thinking about how you're going to adjust it, and I realized that you'll adjust it at the seams on the waist. That um, you're going to take in material there, probably. Maybe, but also like the length of the of the thong of the strap needs to be tighter. Yeah. Wow, that is going to go right up. That's the point. So it pulls the whole bodysuit down, you know, so it really s- sits against your body. Right, but it needs to like go into the sway of my back somehow, right? Well, we'll look. I need to look at it on you. I, I think to, that's like, where it would have to come in at the seam at my hip. So I'm just telling you, that's what you've got to do. You've got to take it into the seam of the hip, okay? Well, there, there's no <laughs> seam at the hip, so because your hips are no. absolutely naked. Oh, right, right. The seam like above, uh, you know, my, I guess at my ribs. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, at your ribs. Oh, girl, girl, girl. Summer, summer, summer. When are you back from Australia? April 7th. Can you believe that that is, like, almost just a month away? It's, like, not even that long. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Ten more days! Ten more days! I just had a panic in my chest that I've... Oh, my God. I have got to email my accountant. Wow. I really forgot about that. (gasps) Oh, my God. It's okay. It's okay. You don't have, you have just your, like, W-2. It's going to be fine. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I have some 1099s. Where are they? It's going to be okay. Harry and I, like, literally have one 1099. We, like, didn't work all of last year. I know. But I also think something got sent to Parker's. Ugh, whatever. Anyhow. I can't think about that right Jack, now. it's all I, digital now. You can ask people to send you a digital copy of a 1099. You can? Yes. Oh, amazing. Well, I have to think about everyone I worked for I last year. I don't know year. why people send paper 1099s. It's crazy. I don't know why people send paper anything. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, why are you, why? It's like, because we don't, don't check our emails. Well... I mean, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, if I was to post a screen capture of what my the cover screen of my iPhone looks like, it would oh, make you throw up. What's yeah. your number? I don't want to talk about it, but like the texts, the voicemails, and the oh, emails boy. numbers are. I don't um, even. I don't actually ever notice my number, and now I just looked at it, and I was like, "Wow, it's not good." No, I mean, but look, it's a difficult time. Okay. And, you know, I, Isn't this idea, that, you know, this know. idea, it, what? Well, I was going to say, is it bad to have close to 4,000 unread emails? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, I'll double you on that, honey. I'll double you and some, wow. you know? Oh yeah. And that's just on one of my email accounts. So, but I don't have an assistant and I do get like a million emails a day. And, um, 
you know, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's just, I, I, I need to get another assistant and whatever. Anyhow. Um, yeah. I've had a lot of assistants, um, that are paid therapists who help me go through, um, or like when I've been like, I'll get you Thai food if you'll open my mail for me. Yeah. Totally. Um, uh, yeah, but, Look, I guess the thing I want to say, ladies and other, is if you are tired and if you are overwhelmed and if you if like if you're forgetting things, like I just remembered something. Oh God, there's like a couple things that are floating towards the front, like to the top of my lake right now, where I'm like, oh my God, I have to respond. I have to respond. But if things are like, if you're missing some stuff, look, Trump isn't gone. The pandemic isn't over. So it, there's still so much fraught, crazy, intense shit happening. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, that makes sense. Focus yeah. yourself into the day, come back to your body, maybe do some experiential movement, do some deep breathing, maybe lay all the way down on the floor and put binaural beats on, whatever you need to do. But like, it's, this isn't just like, you know, now we have uh, Biden and Harris and the pandemic's over and la la la, let's go kicking down the streets. Trump is rallying his supporters in a really intense way. That is very clear from last weekend. Um, but oh my as God. if Did any you of us see didn't that, like, know. crazy convention thing in Florida the CPAC? with the, like, with the course. Nazi symbol stage. I mean, the CPAC thing is a real, it's just like they're wow. amping it up and so that's going on. The pandemic's not over. Biden has said that uh, he thinks that we'll have enough vaccines to get everyone vaccinated end of May. I I don't see how that's possible, but... Well, I, I don't think that's when everyone will be vaccinated. I think that's like... Or maybe it's just that's when the vaccinates, when right, there'll be that's enough. That's when they'll, they will have produced enough. Uh, well, and then, you know, get ready for like however many months that'll take of bottlenecking in terms of the distribution because yeah. uh, uh, let me tell you what. I mean, um, they should really I mean, just bring army convoys street by street, quite frankly. I totally agree. I'm like open Madison Square Garden, have people line up alphabetically and then just like jab, 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 jab. they're doing at the Javits Center. So it's kind of the same thing. At the Javits Center, you can get your COVID vaccine uh, if you're over 19. Oh, no. Um, if you're <laughs> over 65. Um, anyhow, anyways, anyways is truly one of my favorite things Reed Bartlemy says. Keep hey. your, um, ears peeled for it in, uh, this upcoming um ramble that reed is about to do um <laughs> about the movies that he watched mm-hmm. on the plane um so reed to save jeremy i'm just gonna hang up and you can just keep recording and then just no send the whole... no no i'm t- okay i'll try oh wait okay. no maybe you should do that maybe you should hang up and then do your own recording give yourself a break and, and I'm send gonna it get to my, Jeremy. I need to get myself break because I have to eat lunch. Okay. All right. Well, um, do it tonight, though. I will. And, um, or today, I guess. And uh, please scream Kate Blanchett out of your balcony. And, I will. Uh, I'm going to scream everyone else. Nicole Kidman, Keith Urban, Kate Blanchett, Naomi Watts. Um, I don't care social. about any of them. I just care about Kate. So just, I mean, I love Nicole. Please, I stand. Russell Crowe. Um, and I stand by Naomi Watts as well. Um, Chris Lilly. Sure, sure. Um, but I really just, just just the three, really. It's just Kate, Nicole, and Naomi. Wow, can you imagine if they were in a movie together? I can't believe they haven't been. They should be an Australian version of Three Sisters where it's they're trying to get to Sydney. Well, uh, I think Naomi and Nicole are both in flirting. Is that a TV show? No, is that like old movie from from way with Tandy Newton? Remember? Uh, 
about is high school. Is that where Nicole's hair looks so incredible? I think where she has bangs. Just, where it's just full red ringlets. No, uh, no, I think it's that look be... kind of like dried and blown. That was far and away. No, this is a movie she did before Far and Away. Yeah, but I can't remember what her hair looked like in flirting. I feel like it was straight. Oh, I saw this image from that horrible TV show. Um, I can't remember what it was called. It was so awful with her and that British guy. Hugh Grant. Mm. Uh, yeah, I really can't remember it. But her wig is blowing in the most psychotic way possible while she's in that green coat. I just... It was just some photo that came up somehow, and I laughed and laughed. Hello. Okay, hi. Wow. Um, it is... It's 5.30. Um, it's Thursday. I have been in Australia since Sunday night and still somehow, well, maybe it's just 5.30s in general, but it's a complicated time, particularly when you're um, all the way around the world and everyone you know is asleep. So it feels sad, especially when you're trapped in this weird jail. And um, also my body feels crazy um, because it doesn't understand what happened to it because it was, uh, you know, it was drastic. At any rate, I got to Australia after um, the flight to Australia, but with an additional 14 hours tacked on because of a plane delay and having to turn the plane back around to pick up an additional flight attendant or... I chose to not get too involved in the specifics because I was, I knew it would be agitating and I knew I had to get through um, a 14 hour flight from LA to Australia. And to be honest, I was able to watch an entire movie while we sat on the runway. And that's what this is about. This is about movies. So enough about me having to go to Australia, having to, the privilege, I have had the privilege of going to Australia. I'm in Australia, though I'm not sure. It's some kind of like um, liminal space of uh, jail. So the jail. Okay. At any rate, I'm going to tell you about the movies that I saw on the airplane. I'm a little tired. I'll do my best. Okay. So, on the flight from New York, my evening flight from New York to Los Angeles, I watched Mulad. And, you know, I'd heard only negative things about Mulan from friends, from reviews, from radio shows. Let me tell you what. I really enjoyed Mulan. I thought it was beautiful I thought the actress that they cast to play Mulan was exceptional. Um, her hair was also an absolutely phenomenal supporting actress in this movie. Um, her like sort of love interest slash like not love interest, which in the end is a much more interesting choice, was very cute. We love him. Um... I even liked the bird witch. Like, quite frankly, I don't remember the cartoon. I've been encouraged by Harriet to revisit the cartoon so I can make a, a better informed decision about this live action Mulan, which I still say is good. Yes, there's no songs. Yes, there's almost no humor. But I don't remember the songs or the humor from the cartoon, though I assume there was lots. Um, but at the end of the day... When Mulan got ninja starred down by the bird witch onto the like sulfur ice, but then survived because she had been wrapping her breasts and the ninja star didn't manage to um, pierce through her breast wrappings. And she woke up and she said, no, I'm not pretending anymore. I am Mulan and I have the chi and I'm going to beat this entire army of whomever they were, bad guys. 
And it was incredible. And she saved the emperor. And um, and she got to reunite with her family. And they took her back. And her dad was so touched. And I was crying on the plane, obviously. So A plus Mulan. Everybody watch Mulan. Okay, number two. I tried to watch the movie Tenet, which is this um, Christopher Nolan movie. And... Uh, I was very quickly confused and confused is not the way I want to feel watching a movie on a plane. And a thing happened where there was like, um, a kind of attack on a concert hall that seemed to be like somewhere in Eastern Europe or in the future. And then a bullet came out of the staircase backwards and then they started to say how this weapon in the future was these like backwards guns. And that's when I was like, I can't do this. Um, because bullets were traveling back through time. I, I, and I, you know, I may never know, I may never know the answer to, to the question. I don't even know what the question is, quite frankly, but I, I quickly turned that movie off and went to sleep. Okay. So then I got on the endless plane ride to Australia and I believe I started my journey with a movie that I don't remember the name of, but it was with Tiffany Haddish and Rose Byrne and Penelope Cruz, all actresses I love. Uh, Rose Byrne I'm medium about, but the other two I love. Now, this movie was about like best girlfriends who've developed a makeup label that um, they're not doing financially very well, but they're having a great time and they still live together and they really haven't grown up. And Rose Byrne really wants them to kind of like get through their financial woes and be grown up boss women. But Tiffany Haddish is really like, I don't trust the system and I just want to like be creative and make up my formulas. And Billy Porter was their like mixer chemist alchemist makeup maker in the back and um, Jennifer Coolidge was their shopkeeper. So phenomenal cast. And you think this is going to be phenomenal. And yet it was very dumb and the script was bad and the plot was kind of obvious and meaningless at the same time. And Elisa Kudrow made a cameo. So um, I don't care about that movie but it was a good way to pass the time whilst trying to not get agitated on the runway as we turned the plane around to go pick up um, a flight attendant who needed, didn't need to be on our flight. Anyways, the next thing I watched was, I think, a, uh, I think it was an Australian movie called Little Joe. And Ben Wishaw was the only actor I knew in it, but it was full of excellent actors and really excellent female actor with red hair and an older female actor who was wonderful, who had this amazing relationship with a dog actor. And um, the movie was about these scientists, botanists, plant development people who'd come up with these plants that were, um, that had an effect on one's mood. And they'd come up with some new plant that was going to be highly effective um, and the movie is hyper stylized, like every piece of clothing, every wall color, every surface is a very deliberate color choice. So it's beautiful to look at. Absolutely beautiful, well acted, very strange. I highly recommend Little Joe. It's about evil plants. And I won't tell you more. I won't actually, I won't spoil it for you because it's actually mysterious. It is actually worth watching so watch little joe um then i watched a documentary about the making of the original alien movie ridley scott and that was fascinating totally fascinating about the person who conceived of it and the swiss artist whose airbrush paintings they used to shape the visual world of alien um Incredible and truly like to see the making of a cinematic work of art in that way was um, 
it was so fun. I was so happy I decided to turn that movie of the many hundreds of movie options on. You know, I, I made a choice to educate myself a little bit. And Tom Skerritt's bottom teeth look really concerningly rotted um, at this point in his life. Okay, then I watched Richard Jewell, which I knew had received some critical attention for Kathy Bates' performance. This movie, in fact, has excellent performances from many people, including the, the man who played Richard Jewell. I don't know his name, but I know he was in Itania, and he was excellent in this movie. I mean, his ability to kind of project humiliation and frustration whilst also having a kind of, like, integrity. It was a beautiful performance from someone who, like, would certainly have voted for Trump had they, I believe, not died of a heart attack prior to that election. Um, but Kathy Bates gives an exceptional performance as Richard Jewell's mother. Sam Rockwell gives a heartwarming performance as Richard Jewell's lawyer. And um, I didn't really know, I did not know the story of Richard Jewell and the bombing at Centennial Park. So I, I found it fascinating and I thought it was a very good movie. I mean, if you're not in the mood to look at and listen to a lot of straight white men, don't, don't turn on this movie right now. You know, wait until you have the bandwidth for such a, such a violent thing as, as watching straight white men on film. Okay. Um, the last thing I watched, and looking at this list, I'm going to go ahead and say perhaps the best thing I watched was Scent of a Woman, which I timed out perfectly somehow. It finished truly right as we landed in Sydney. Scent of a Woman was, is from the 90s. It's um, early 90s. And it's Chris O'Donnell as a prep school, prep high school, prep school white boy in New Hampshire. And he is from a poor family. He's there on scholarship and he needs, he needs to make some cash over Thanksgiving so that he can afford a plane ticket to go back home to Oregon. And he is sort of friends with this group of obnoxious, uh, rich boys, one of whom is Philip Seymour Hoffman, a very young Philip Seymour Hoffman. And so before everyone goes home on the holidays, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Chris O'Donnell witness uh, a prank. They witness three of their friends executing an elaborate prank that will culminate in um, damaging the car of and the ego of their evil um, headmaster, who is who is the actor who plays uh, Dickie's father in The Talented Mr. Ripley. And he is such an expert at playing um, wasps, evil wasps. So um, anyways, that's not the point of the movie. But the point of the movie is that Chris O'Donnell ends up answering an ad to be a caregiver to this blind man who needs some assistance over the holidays as his, as his um, family members go, go on a little vacation for Thanksgiving away from him. He's not going with them. He's, he's staying behind, but he needs someone around because he's blind. So Chris O'Donnell answers the ad to make $300 over Thanksgiving weekend, taking care of this guy. It turns out to be Al Pacino, who's um, a blind veteran who, uh, oh, clearly also um, an actor. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't a way that people talk, but it is the way that Al Pacino talks, I'm assuming. It's a very kind of melodic way of speaking. Very, very highly affected um, acting, but intriguing in this context as a blind, a blind curmudgeonly veteran. Anyways, he, as soon as his family takes off, Chris O'Donnell has agreed to take on this job because the his his niece or whomever he lives with has guilted Chris O'Donnell into taking the job from this clearly volatile and um, difficult man. Um, 
it becomes clear that Al Pacino has has no intention of sticking around over the Thanksgiving holiday. He is he is using Chris O'Donnell to get him to New York City, where he's planned. I'm spoilers, by the way. If you haven't seen Scent of a Woman from the early '90s, stop the podcast and watch it. I highly recommend. Um, he's devised this trip so that he can get Chris O'Donnell to escort him to New York City so that he can have a final blowout before he kills himself because he's truly living a life of, of no pleasure in this back house at his niece's property in New Hampshire. And he has, um, he has a bigger vision of the world for himself. So he has Chris O'Donnell bring him to New York and they get a, a suite at the Waldorf Astoria and um, they're, they're having delicious meals at the Oak Room and Al Pacino is, you know, sharing a lot of anecdotes with Chris O'Donnell about, you know, how women, the scent of women, which does reoccur several times in this movie in scenes where he smells a woman's perfume. He seems he has an uncanny ability to identify perfumes. And then he he can glean everything about this woman based on the smell of her perfume. And he gives names to women too, though he doesn't know their names. Um, anyways, this incredible scene where he does a tango with Gabriel Anwar at the Oak Room, um, which is absolutely phenomenal, which is dance, dance and stuff. This is a dance podcast, supposedly. And then um, he gets this Ferrari dealer to allow he and Chris O'Donnell to take a Ferrari out for a test drive, which is completely implausible, but he basically guilts this guy or encourages him in some way into letting them drive this car around. They go to Dumbo and you get to see Dumbo before it became, you know, a mall. And um, they, they drive this Ferrari. He lets Al Pacino, Al Pacino gets in the driver's seat. And they drive at, you know, treacherous speeds through Dumbo, turning corners, et cetera. It's absolutely a terrifying, exhilarating scene. They end up getting pulled over by Ron Eldard, of all people, who plays a handsome young police officer. And, um, you know, Al Pacino has a way of getting himself out of all kinds of trouble. There's a weird scene where Al Pacino gets the limo driver to hire him a really excellent escort. And you don't meet the escort, but you you see Al Pacino with the before and after. He gets out of the limousine, and then he gets back in the limousine, and Chris O'Donnell just waits around in the limousine. When he gets back in the limousine, Chris O'Donnell says basically, how was it? Al Pacino's like, what a woman. And then Chris O'Donnell gives him this look that you can't really understand. He, it's this kind of like, this, this smize. He smiles at Al Pacino in a way where you're like, what is that about? It's really hard to say. It's creepy. It's beautiful. Chris O'Donnell yet again gives a knockout performance. Um, this this was a follow-up to Men Don't Leave. There may have been something in between, but Chris O'Donnell is a star. He's a big star. He really, really knows how to act. And then there's this incredible scene where he asks Chris O'Donnell to leave the room to get him some cigars or something, but what he's in fact doing is putting on his ex-military uniform and to kill himself with a gun, a pistol that he brought. Anyways, Chris O'Donnell walks in on the scene because he's suspicious, and he they have this unbelievably emotional fight where where Al Pacino's threatening to shoot Chris O'Donnell and there's tears and it was really beautiful. And then at the end of the day, there's this absolutely horrifying scene where Chris O'Donnell has to go back to school and be held accountable for this like crime that he didn't commit, but he witnessed. And there's this like court battle where Philip Seymour Hoffman's sitting there with his daddy. And then Chris O'Donnell's sitting there alone, but then Al Pacino comes in after he's already dropped him off to, like, be his advocate or whatever. And the, like, talented Mr. Ripley guy is like, what's the meaning of this and who are you? And Al Pacino, like, stands up and he's like, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, all the boys of the whole school have, like, marched into this huge chapel wearing their khakis and sperry topsiders and they and their blazers and they sit down. And it's only, it's, well, I mean, I say only white boys, but there is like, um, there's two people of color, let's say two. And um, it is truly, it struck me that this chapel 
was the heart of darkness. This was where the Josh Hollies of tomorrow are produced. The, the Mitch McConnell's, the Ted Cruz's and the Jim Jordan's, they are the people in that chapel. And I was like, if only we could just drop a bomb on that chapel, but exclude Chris O'Donnell because his beautiful face. Um, so then, um, I mean, and the whole thing inevitably is just about like, who's, how, how am I going to get into Harvard? And, uh, Al Pacino does this absolutely outrageous monologue, which is like unbelievable in any context, even in the context of this unbelievable film. Um, and it was sort of the only part of the movie that though the whole thing was sort of like a fantasy play, this part felt particularly crazy. Anyways, uh, Chris O'Donnell gets exonerated by the um, faculty and student committee of jurors. And then one of the teachers, um, who happens to be the mom from Six Feet Under, um, congratulates Chris O'Donnell on his um, success in this court case and also um, has a little bit of a crush on Al Pacino. So we can only assume that once the movie's over, uh, Al Pacino has something to live for because he's has he's going to be going on dates with um, the mom from Six Feet Under. And that is Scent of a Woman. Anyways, thank you for joining me for these 20 minutes of movie recaps. Those are the seven movies I watched on the plane. Um, I didn't watch most of Tenet, but we loves you. And I hope that you do watch these movies, even if you stay to the end of my Scent of a Woman re review. I think you should still watch it. And the music's by Thomas Newman. So like Chris O'Donnell, Thomas Newman, right? Do you know what I mean? Men Don't Leave, Scent of a Woman, the early 90s. It's it's everything I am. It's everything I am. Um, on that note, love you, Nicole. Love you, Naomi. Kate Blanchett. And um, <laughs> bring that every day. Um, all right, Reed. Well, I love you. And listeners, we love you. Good night. Hi, Dance and Stuff listeners. This is Margaret Fuhrer. I'm the editor and producer of the Dance Edit podcast. Like you, we love Reed and Jack over at the Dance Edit. And if you get especially excited when they turn into journalists and do reporting, we think you might like our podcast too. The Dance Edit podcast is a weekly dance news show. It's hosted by me and three other editors from Dance Media. We work on Dance Magazine and Dance Spirit and Point. And every Thursday, we discuss and sometimes yell a little bit about the week's top dance news stories. And then we interview one of the dance artists who's shaping the news. And our recent interview guests have actually included a few dance and stuff friends. We've had Kyle Abraham, we've had Lloyd Knight. Basically, we've built a nice little nerdy community, and we hope you'll join it. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and at thedanceedit.com slash podcast.